strap in and hold on tight as we get high on the rollercoaster that is life. We're your hosts, Melina and Jordan, and welcome to our podcast where we discuss all kinds of topics, experiences, tips, and tricks to help you roll through life with some sense of direction, and at the very least, fake it till you make it. This week's topic is uh, beauty trends through the ages. Through history. Here we are. Historic. Historic. <laughs> Life yeah. Rama, starting at the beginning. Starting at the very beginning. I'm talking thousands of years. I'm talking back. dinosaurs, fashion. I mean, you don't even want to know T Rexes with an eye- eyelash curler. It was, yeah. it was dangerous. There was feathers everywhere, all that good stuff. All this. Things. Fucking hydrosaurs or hadrosaurs, I'm sorry. If you didn't have your claws sharpened, get out. Get out. Let me tell you, if you were not <laughs> if you were a Parasaurosopolis and you did not like check out your crest, your horn crest, rude. Yeah, the only mirrors that we had may have been water and we drink it most of the time, but yeah. you better still check yourself yeah. out. Yeah, polish up that. Okay. Okay. We're just here. Yeah, I could really go into dinosaur fashion. Like, I love dinosaurs, so I'm like, bring it on. They had feathers. They did. I watched nothing but dinosaur documentaries, and I rewatched them because they don't make enough of them. They don't make enough of them. They don't. They don't. And the CG is always terrible, and I'm like, why? You can make, like, you can spend $5 on a budget. Way dramatized, I know. But, like, come out with, like, okay, decent kid shows, but you give me something that looks like it came from, like, 98 dinosaurs, and it came out, like, four years ago. Like, this really bad, like, blocky. Yeah, it looks like Toy Story, but, like, not. (laughs) It's terrible. But, yeah, I'm excited to go through history, ancient history and beauty, and kind of where certain things, where we get some of the products and where certain trends came from, so I'm excited to get into that, but. It'll be fun. Do you want to get into our high lows of the week? Let's do it. All right. What's what's your high? Probably the same as you. <laughs> yeah. Should we just talk about it? Because that's basically like my low. Biden, welcome, welcome, and he's already gotten to work. Already signed a bunch of shit. Bye bye, Keystone Pipeline. <laughs> yeah. It's about fucking time. The Dawn era is over. Hello, climate change. Hello, it is real. democracy. <laughs> you know, and I know we've said this multiple times on this podcast. Obviously, he was not my first choice, or second, or third, or fourth. Like, he really wasn't. But if what his presidency means is that I can actually have a voice, still have a voice even after the insurrection, and I can continue using that to hold them accountable for what needs to happen for the American people, then so be it. But at least I feel like I can do that instead of, like, I'm yelling into the wind. Right. Like, that's the, that's the only saving grace about this whole thing. Like, I'm really not happy about this, but I'm like, this is unfortunately that, you know. I'm, I'm happy about it. I mean, I'm happy I that it's, I just, it's not, it's the amount, politics yeah, happening. It just, like, blows my mind because, like, <clears throat> for one, I'm not on Facebook. I'm only on Instagram. And, like, to me, I think, like, everyone feels the same way as me. Obviously, like, I'm not, like, oh, this. Oh, weight lifted. Yeah. I can breathe like, again. Like, yes. Yes. I don't have to worry about being mad about my friends. I had Not several different bit. people show me, like, things on, like, Facebook and, you know, all the conspiracies and, like, all this stuff. Like, to me, I'm just like, I can't believe people genuinely think that there was voter fraud. Oh, God, that's still And they're like, mind. oh, no, 
this, there's no way this can happen because everyone's Trump. I'm like, that's because you're on Facebook. And it's like Facebook, I feel like, is very like more of a Republican platform, whereas like Instagram and like Twitter, you see a little bit more of that blue side. Yeah. <clears throat> Which I mean, there's both on Facebook, but of course, of course, you have that older generation that I, I don't know. I'm just like some of the stuff that I saw. I'm just like, I can't believe people really feel that way. Oh, yeah. And oh, then yeah. people probably feel the same way about my views as well. But I feel like this is the start of progress. I do feel like we have the last four years really been purging in the last year in general, purging as a society and it's not going to get better right away. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Um, But just knowing that there's somebody in the white house that is not a baby man child. Who actually respects the acts of democracy and what we're trying to uphold. Yeah. Not saying that democracy is at all perfect either. I mean, no. everything's going to have a flaw to it. Yeah. That's all there is to it. And there's going to be if it's created by humans, corruption flaws. on both sides. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It, but I will say it really was. I mean, Adam and I had it on the entire time while we were working today because we were just like, we're not missing any of this. And Michelle Obama looked fucking flawless. Oh, my God. Blood. Like, just, I. Her hair. Fucking gorgeous. That color, stunning. Stunning. Dr. Biden, also stunning in that blue outfit. Oh, I was like, okay, Barbie, what's going on? Yeah. I mean, everybody was just on point. And I thought, to me, the big standout was the poet, that young girl. I missed it. I really only saw him actually getting, because I worked this morning, I really only actually saw him, like, getting sworn in and then part of his speech. Her her poem was just amazing, and she completed it right after, um, like, soon after the insurrection that took place a couple weeks ago. So I I, I thought she just did a fantastic job. I'll have to and look she it looked up. fucking stunning. I'll have to look it I up. mean, she had this beautiful red, like, hairband on and this yellow coat, and it was just... I could have just stared at it all day. I was really, I was really happy. And talk about like interesting people singing too, like Lady Gaga, J Lo, and then Garth Brooks. Like what? I mean, I'm not mad, but it was just like, okay, you're really getting it out there. Yeah. So I mean, America's melting pot. There was definitely a lot of that like, um, chill, kind of like, oh, it's. It's, I can breathe again. It's a weight lifted. But, like, at the same time, it's like, all right, now i got to dig my heels in and make sure I'm holding them just as accountable and I'm not. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's true. It's easy to get, quote, unquote, lazy or settle back into yeah. place, especially as someone who is a white woman with that privilege of being able to yeah. do so. It is very easy to do that. And I'm like, no, this is shit that still needs to be done. We need to reform a lot of bullshit and we need to make sure we are make pushing those policies for them to do this reform and holding them just as accountable. The only difference is, is that I feel like my voice is actually going to be heard instead of, again, screaming into the wind or into a pillow that's going to be like, I don't care, I'm perfect, me. Well, and I will say seeing all the trunks <clears throat> cry because they're like, mm, we're terrible, our lives are over. Like the There's like pictures of like, the Trump children just tearing like in tears. Oh, I it's saw a, a post that like, it was um, Ivanka, and it was like she looks like she looked up how to cry on the internet and still didn't that, and still failed. Uh, that, like, but was my, Trump wasn't there? Was he? No. Well, I mean, 
I don't know if he was at that exact thing because I think that's when he was leaving the White House and I wasn't awake for that. Or I wasn't like. I mean, but he didn't. Was, they didn't do the traditional. No, all he did, he walked on the helicopter, and that was it. <laughs> what a fucking joke! Pence was the one who walked out of the White House and did the whole like charade of you know like passing the torch, and apparently, you know, left everything, and he was the cordial one. But it was funny because at the inauguration, it literally looked like nobody wanted to buy Pence there. They were just like. It's <laughs> like because all you can see is their eyes, and they're just like looking back and forth, like, "Oh, I don't want to be near him." I'm like, yeah. "I don't blame you." Not <laughs> I mean, like, I know. I just he's creepy. <clears throat> today was like him to go. Today was kind of a uh, is shitty day at work, but I've had worse, and I just was in such a good mood. It all was day. worth it to know that I never have to hear from him on any social media platform spewing hate. And I never have to hear about him being a president. The sad part is, is like, there's so many Americans that legit think that yeah. he's like, the best president Yeah, and I'm like, do you not ever. see, for one, the rest of the world, and obviously majority of Americans, like, and obviously they don't, they they choose to they be choose ignorant. They choose not to. Yeah. They choose not to. They choose but. to live in their own little bubble, but it just... I'm somebody who I really like to, you know, get down and understand why people do and feel certain ways and I just can't get over that hurdle. I'm a natural moderator. Like that is like I know this might be a little weird for other people and we'll get into this in later episodes, but this is just a touch. But like I'm a Libra Moon. I know that sounds like insane. But like truly harmony, balance, I am the fucking negotiator. I'm usually like I see your side and I see your side. Yeah. And on this it's like I can see that you are a decent human being, but your underlying roots and your support in this does not it's trump hate. that. It doesn't trump how nice you are to people or how cordial you are or how friendly. If you're sitting there spewing hate for being a racist or for no other reason besides just being like having a darkened and hardened heart, like, I'm sorry. There's no excuse for that. That's just selfishness. And that's like, it just blows my mind. So it's like, trust me, I have that, like, I want every, I want to see all the sides. And yeah. I'll go, well, yeah, I can see this about you, but I'm sorry, this is a bigger issue. And if you don't see what the issue is and you're still going to say my side, your side, it's not about side. I'm not, I don't really care if it's Democrat or Republican. I really don't give two shits. I, because of how the two-party system happened right. and is, of course, I have to focus on that. But in reality, I'm like, if their views are in line with my views. That's who I'm voting for. Regardless. Yeah. Like, and so it's just, it just, I don't care. It's about, and the people who are so intense, like, no, it's the Republican Party. That's my in-laws. Like, it blows my mind. Do you know what? Okay, and I'm I'm sorry for putting some people, I'm not going to say, like, name names on blast or anything like that, because (laughs) I can't. Well, I probably can, but, like. (laughs) You're not going to. I'm not going to. But, like. Seriously, um, uh, Adam's dad was golfing with Adam's nephew. And I'm just like, during the inauguration, I'm like, how appropriate. A Trump supporter playing golf during the inauguration <laughs> and not paying fucking attention. We had, Adam and I had laugh at the irony, but it's like, this is what we're dealing with. This is what it is. And Adam literally was saying, this is fake, like, his dad was posting something about, like, you know, mm, did he really win? <laughs> kind of, like, vote shit. 
And I was like, it's math. It's basic math. And they were just like, you take your side. Your side won. So now you can tell these. And he's like, I'm not trying to fight. I'm legitimately saying that it's math. Math. And he was like, your precious Mike Pence even said it was fine. Well, I don't want to do that because of this. And like, you guys, okay, you know what? It's like talking to a wall. Well, and, and it's like. Want. I personally cried, like, bald when I found out Trump had won the election. Hyperventilated at work, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and. I wanted to throw up. It was like, literally, like, I bald and. Oops, sorry, my water bottle. Really, and really everybody, everyone's like, oh, stop being babies, stop being babies. But imagine saying that for four years, and then when you lose, you're going to make up all this fucking shit, and your people are naive and choose to believe that. I mean, like, and the thing that kills me the most is that out of everything, the 2016 election seems like there's more voter fraud because... He wasn't even close to the popular vote then. Right. He wasn't even anywhere near it. So it's like, at least those numbers matched up in Biden's favor, too. That at least makes somewhat sense. He won popular and the electoral. Okay, but like... (laughs) I'm, I don't, I mean, we could honestly go on for probably like we an hour into this politics, but we probably shouldn't. But big win for the day was the inauguration because I was yes. about to like go down a rabbit hole and I was like, I, I know it's easy. I and then all, all yeah. I'm like, I'm semi-tired. So I know that I'm going to say something that I either don't mean or I'm just, you know, right. how it be. No, 100%. When you get really worked up, because I get really passionate about yeah. this and I get really intense, especially when it's something I truly believe in. And I just know that I can go down a rabbit hole and I don't need you guys to feel like I'm yelling at you because that's never what it is. I feel like I'm being yelled at. I mean, I am. Towards the voices in my head, though. (laughs) Well, right now I'm one of them, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Um, But yeah. Okay. So history. So Jordan and I kind of decided to break this up a little bit because it's a lot of information. It's a lot. So I took a lot of the ancient history kind of uh, of beauty trends and where we get some of these uh, products that we see nowadays still and uh, kind of going up towards the early 20th century. So hold on tight. We're going through thousands of years. We're going to strap into this roller coaster. So I'm I, everybody's going to know where I'm starting because unfortunately we don't have a lot of information on other cultures around that time or dinosaurs or dinosaurs bastards um so I'm going to start with ancient Egypt. I tried to look for ancient Sumerian, but like really there wasn't much. Unfortunately, all you get is kind of their sculptures and reliefs that they had for their civilizations and not a lot about like them in general. So we're starting with Egypt, and everybody kind of knows the basics, um, but there were some interesting things that I learned about them as well. So we, we know that they always had the coal for their eyes, and they would line around their eyes and everything like that. Not only was it an amazing fashion statement, let's be honest, I still would do that eye if I could. I Fabulous. I, wing! <laughs> wing, wing! Um, so we know about the coal, but it was made out of heavy metals with um, concentrations of lead salt, and it was filtered through materials for 30 days before creating the actual eyeliner. Ooh. So it was an actual process. It wasn't just like, you know, a, a 
a burnt piece of charcoal that they were using. It's completely different. It's an actual like material that they were making, kind of like us making our own. Our own know, yeah, exactly. Um, so the main reason why they did this though was to protect their eyes from the skin, uh, from the skin, <laughs> their eyes from the sun. Yeah, that, that, that skin. <laughs> that, that skin, man. Ugh. It's just always around the eye. You know, um, always I, around the eye. It's, it's terrifying. It just keeps creeping in. Anytime I close my eyes, I just get suffocated with it. It's crazy. Every time. Every time. Like I close my ah, skin, goes over my eyelid and then there's nothing. And it, I, ter- I'm terrified I die for 2.5 yeah. seconds. Um, <laughs> Because I blink really slow, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also used it to uh, to help boost the skin's ability to fight infection. Ooh. So, I mean, we still see charcoal today used oh, to yes. pull bacteria and so shit. So seeing so this kind of lead-based yeah. salt, but probably also with that charcoal. I mean, obviously no one lived 3,000, 6,000 years ago to see this. I was like, hold on, math is hard. <laughs> Five years ago. It was, was five like, years. It was five years ago. Yeah, they were fine. Um, so I thought that was really interesting because I knew about, like, the black to help keep the sun out of the eyes. It was kind of like their kind of version of a sunglasses back then. Yeah, or, like, sunscreen. Yeah, sunscreen, things of that nature. Um, so I thought that that was really interesting. But they also uh, used burnt almonds. So they would paint mm-hmm. their – they would use burnt almonds and paint their brows black and fill them out. So that's why all their brows looked – Flawless. They were doing their brows well They're before leaky. Seriously, but I thought burnt almonds was interesting that they used a completely different thing instead of going, "Well, I have all of this, I might as well." No, nope. burnt almonds for eyebrows, cool for the eyes. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Um, and then they would also use red ochre. Um, they would use it on their uh, as a lip and a cheek stain. So mm-hmm. as you're blushing your lipstick, um, it was finely ground with uh, water and applied with a brush. Surprisingly. I thought that was really interesting because it's just like, oh, starting brushes 6,000 years ago. This is why you should always listen to your makeup artist when they say brushes are important because they are. They Even are. the Egyptians knew. Uh, ancient Egyptians knew. Um, yeah. They also built the fucking pyramids, so they knew some shit. <laughs> they really did. So they also used henna. Henna kind of is really big. Um, it's still used. A, yeah. Still used in a lot of different cultures in a lot of different ways. Uh, the Egyptians used them on their fingernails um, to give them kind of like a yellowy color, um, but it helped them for uh, not drying out their fingernails, hmm. and it also helped um, uh, it helped condition them, so that way they weren't always breaking. I mean, you think about yeah. it, you're in a desert environment, your only water source dry, is dry, dry. <laughs> exactly. So, I thought that was really interesting that they used henna in that sense, almost like as a nail polish, like, in a weird kind yeah. of way. I was just like, I, I knew that it was used as, like, you know, beautiful art, and I knew that it was used in dyes and things like that, but I thought it was really nails, who would have thought? But um, another fun thing, they actually kind of invented, quote-unquote, waxing. Mm-hmm. They had something called uh, body sugaring. So, it's a natural hair remover. It's less painful than waxing, and it exfoliates. Where can I get it? Um, you have to make it yourself, and it's very hard to do. <laughs> but it, saying I can't do it? It also reduces skin irritation. So, if you get, like, a lot of petechiae, um, which is the red dots from when you get waxed, and you have, like, little, it looks like little pinpricks everywhere, that's petechiae. Or yeah, if you get keratosis, yeah. pilaris, yeah. with that buildup of keratin, it also helps with that. But... Funny enough, uh, really quick sidebar with that, 
a girl in my class at aesthetics, we actually had to do a, a senior project, and it was something we learned throughout school. So I did mine on special effects makeup because, of course, I did. Of course, you and did. she was loved waxing, so she did sugaring, body sugaring. So Ooh. she actually made her own thing, and it was like insane. It almost looked like honey because it was just like almost caramelized sugar. She had to find the recipe. I have to find it, and maybe I'll throw it up on our website. But she did an arm on somebody, and she literally just flapped it on and just ripped it off. And the person was like, huh. That was, like, the only reaction. <laughs> it was really interesting. But the problem is, is obviously you make this big batch. It needs to be used quickly because it can go one way or another. It can go too runny. It can go too thick. Um so it's really interesting that they kind of perfected this method of yeah. exfoliating and removing of the body hair. So I thought that was really, really cool. So 6,000 years ago, they were waxing. Don't tell me that it's a new trend. It ain't new. Well, it's, it's new in certain areas well, of the body. Yeah. Like the underarms and the legs weren't until the 20s, but we'll get into that later. It's yeah. because of the skirts. At the 20s. Oh, it's also because razor companies wanted to sell to women. That too. And then you also have to think about the 40s when women couldn't wear stockings anymore because they were saving the stockings for World War II. And, yeah, so. <laughs> Hi, I know a lot of random shit about random shit. That is Sidebar Sidecar with Melina Baroni. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, so we're going to scoot up a, we're going to scooch up a couple we're thousand going. years. We're going. Um, we're going to Greece. Oh. Staying in that Mediterranean area. Oh, God. I just... Um, so the fun thing I've learned with this, too, is that a lot of cultures kind of overlapped a lot of the same products. Yeah, and obviously always with, repeating. Oh, itself. always. And so, like, the Greeks would use coal here and there because, obviously, they would trade with Egypt. Hello, Mark Anthony, Cleopatra, Italy, that whole area. They're going to say hi. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello and treats. Um, so I'm going off of just like little interesting bits that isn't just over repeating on those things. Um, so they were obviously big into olive oil, um, which, oh my God, I love olive oil. I do too. <laughs> I just like, I know, I know. My sister has a patient who gets like fresh pressed olive oil from Italy. Like they press it in Italy and then ship it out immediately and she gets it for Christmas and she gave some to me and I made sure I shared with Jordan, so she's very I'm excited about it. freaking stoked. So, like, she was just smiling at it, so I felt like I had to say something. <laughs> but um, olive oil helps moisture the skin. Uh, it's rich in antioxidants and rejuvenates the skin and helps uh, the renewal process. So, obviously, being um, in the sun a lot and in that harsh sea air a lot, they would use that as a moisturizer. Just as a quick, easy moisturizer, they would use olive oil. Um, when I was a kid, I used to get really bad earaches all the time, mm -hmm. and I was always told to put olive oil on a cotton round and put it in there to help, like, pull, like, bacteria and shit out. I feel like olive oil and garlic are just, like, the two things you need in life, and you can fucking survive forever, <laughs> because, like... You might I, smell, but you'll survive. I'll smell fucking delicious. I'll smell like garlic Early. bread without the cheese, man. <laughs> like, that's it. can't do it without cheese. Well, I know. I'm the cheese. Oh, okay, okay. I okay, stand okay. alone. That was a kid's joke. How are you doing? Um, anyway, uh, going back to Greece. Um, this one's also going to be kind of a no-brainer. Again, Mediterranean islands, all that jazz. Uh, they use sea salt, and they would harvest it and use it as an exfoliant. So, again, 
Uh, we need to exfoliate the skin, hydrate the skin, all that jazz. So it's very interesting that even then they had these kind of beauty rituals that they would do. Um, another big thing that they would do is honey masks and body scrubs. Hmm. So it's an, honey is a natural anti-inflammatory. Um, and it helped clean dead skin cells. So they would almost use it as like those kind of masks that peel and you're like, oh my God, that's going to hurt. And yeah. that's, you know, people do that nowadays with like honey and egg white and we're doing this. And I'm just like, I'll just buy a mask because I like to eat that food. <laughs> I'd rather have eggs tomorrow. Same. <laughs> Maybe that's even more like, uh, that's perfectly good food. Why are you using it on your face? No, I'll just use the mask that I bought specifically for it's my fine. face to do It's mask. literally $1.50. I'll survive. <laughs> <laughs> I got this from Rachel for free. I'm fine. Um, so those are the little things that kind of Greece brought uniquely to them. A lot of the other trends that they had, again, were kind of with their trades with uh, Egypt. So we're going to scoop on up. Here we go. And go over to another continent. And we are going to the Aztecs. Mmm. So the Aztecs were really, really interesting to me because they used some things that I was like, well, okay, that's, this is what's around them. Obviously, they'll use it. But um, I thought it was just really interesting on what they would do. Uh, so they would use avocado, obviously. Um, avocado is a huge, another big beauty product out there nowadays, too. Um, but it was, uh, they would use the oil as a moisturizer. Um, so I thought that was really innovative of them too. Just going, this avocado, hey, look, I'm going to use this avocado oil in this. It's just, Here just we go. fucking ancient civilization just jazzed me up so much. I, I just know. think it's so fucking cool. It's so fucking cool. Because I'm just like, it just proves to you that people have always had the same capacity to learn. It's just been the tools around us that help us grow. Like right. they know exactly, like if they came here, they wouldn't be like dumb about it. Because they're not dumb. It would just take them a minute to try and figure out how to process it and the words behind it. So it just right. like, so this, I'm like, yeah, genius. You're not the first one who thought of avocado oil. Yeah, sex did thousands of years it's ago. It's done been happening. It's been happening. <laughs> figure it out. You're not the first. <laughs> I just, I love that shit so much. It just, oh, fuck, I love it. I know, I know. It's... I love learning so much that this is ridiculous. Like, I'm geeking out on this episode. I'm sorry. Um, so I'll keep going. Uh, so they would use black clay to dye their hair. They actually preferred Aww. to dye their hair darker in a black color. So they would use black clay to color their hair. And they would actually, um, making sure I'm not accidentally messing up anything. No, they would, ah, sorry. They would actually um, cut their hair in an interesting way too. Like they would keep it fairly short. Everybody would keep it fairly short. Yeah. So they would dye their hair all this this color and then they would, kind of cut it. I think when I was reading it, they said it was like right by the ears. Yeah. I can picture it in my brain. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting that they had this aesthetic that they really drove to, just like our trends. That was yeah. like, no, your hair needs to be dark. You need to have this haircut. Live it up. Moisturize. Like, I just love yeah. it. Um, now, I know what this is. I'm going to horribly mispronounce this. So if you correct me, totally awesome. If you don't know, Someone please correct me because I I just didn't have time to look up the proper pronunciation of this word before I started because like, my life is in shambles. <laughs> um, but it's the cochini, cochino beetle. Um, oh. So it's a, a beetle that actually, when you crush it up, it creates a red color. Mm. And it's a red dye. So it's been used, and you'll you'll hear me say this a lot, so I might just call it the kombucha beetle, and it just that's just what it might be called. The Sorry. kombucha beetle. Terrible. 
kombucha. <laughs> just like, no, I don't want a fermented mushroom drink. That just sounds fucking disgusting. I'm sorry. Okay, sidebar, sidebar. Um, so this red stain they would use on the teeth and lips. Um, and it was made from the crushed insects. So I thought that was really interesting that it wasn't only the lips, but it was the teeth why as well. Why the teeth? Is... I'm not sure. It could be in like an, an imitation thing. I don't know it why my, my brain automatically goes to like warriors were, you know, it could have been an intimidation thing. That's what I think. Like, you know, warriors were a big part of their culture, and they took over. Well, and, and I just, that's what yeah. I, like, if you see somebody, in the, you know, they have red lips and red teeth, like, I just think. I'd be like, they're eating people. I'm running away. <laughs> that's just where my brain went. I don't know, obviously, if that's well, true or not. But Again, just, again, I mean, we don't really know anything for sure because we didn't live that long ago, but we can always speculate. So it is very interesting to kind of see like what their thought process was behind that. But I mean, as I go through here, you're going to go, I don't understand why they thought that was pretty because I won't understand why they thought that was pretty either. Um, let's just say that. Uh, so, and the tea thing I'm actually going to bring up again when we get to another okay. place. Um, so the next one, we're going to go just a little farther. I think it's north. From the Aztecs when we're going to the Mayans. Mm-hmm. I think the Mayans were yep. farther north. That's what I thought. And the Incans were kind of like, were they in between? No, no, no. They were south. They're, Cause um, they're in Peru. Peru, yeah. Okay. I'm going, I know my indigenous people I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I, they deserve it. And that was meant to be a fist slamming on the table. I just, it's very so, soft slam. So the next, I know, I didn't want to like destroy everybody's <laughs> ears. It's fine. Uh, so the next place we're going is to the Mayans, as you have heard. So theirs was kind of interesting because some of their beauty trends are actually still going on. Um, and we actually just kind of reformed them in different ways as well. So they would do what they would, what they would do is make something called a sweat bath. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a Mayan sauna. So they would make these stone huts that would look almost like an igloo if it was rounded. So that way it would keep the, the heat in. And um, it was treatment uh, for rebirth, renewal, purifying the mind, body, and soul, the steam with me, uh, medicinal herbs, overall volcanic rock. So uh, it really was just like, it was really yeah, used as a medicine. You also, I mean, you also see that in... Native American culture mm-hmm. as well, so mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah, and so I thought that was really cool, like, <clears throat> especially because we see this in two different, completely opposite ends of the world, because you have a lot of saunas being used up north by, like, the Swedes and the Nordics and, you know, the Danish and all of that jazz. Yeah. I'm trying to think of all the countries. I'm doing the best I can. You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> um but I just thought it was really interesting that how they used it too and how they designed it and using the volcanic rock as their base. Yeah, it's so amazing. It's just brilliant. Yeah. It's just like, well, no shit, Sherlock. Of course they're going to use volcanic rock. But you're just like, huh, well, I'll be. Like, it's yeah. just one of those things. Just, I don't know. It's so this one. Mind be- bottling. <laughs> It bottles the mind. It bottles the mind. So this one is the big one for me because I thought this was really interesting because it is practiced in certain salons or spas. And it's the abdominal massage, the mind abdominal Mm. massage. So um, it's been passed down through generations of healers. So it's still being practiced today by people who, you know, like indigenously. 
So it's really beautiful that that part of their culture has been able to kind of be handed Carry down on, yeah. since, you know, the Spaniards had to be fucking dicks. Um, but it's really good for women's digestive health and reproductive system. Um, it helps guide the organs to the correct positions and uh, restoring harmony. Interesting. So I need, I need one of those. I know, right? Because I mean, if you think about it, your your organs shift throughout the day. Yeah, just, mine have been on a table next to me twice. So. There you go. <laughs> mine have not. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Thankfully, I think they put everything back right now. But like, if, small biology lesson. Basically, you have like a thing of like immune system extra layer mesh thing that goes over your organs to keep them in place and then your abs and fat are on top of it to really secure it there but as you walk and you move obviously it's flexible enough that it can move with you so it's really interesting to think that you know they have been practicing this for thousands of years chiropractic it's like chiropractic with like muscles and organs it's like um almost massage therapy on steroids so I thought that was really interesting that this is a this is something that is practiced medicinally as well. And I just it just blows my mind. I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? What? <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> so now we're gonna hop over to Asia and see what China's up to. So ancient Chinese um beauty trends and secrets were kind of interesting because we all know about um, China and other Asian countries like Japan with like, you know, your rice powder and things like that to really pale out the skin. But adding on to that, they actually had a trend in China where black teeth were the thing. Interesting. I'm, I actually, I knew about this and I thought it was popular enough that I didn't write like an extra special note about it. But I do know that they actually used to like, I don't know if it was a type of bean or chalk or like charcoal or what they did, but they would have black teeth and that was, ooh, all the rage. My teeth are rotting out of my face. And no reason. Oh, gotta love those dead teeth. It's great. I love it. I love it. It's wonderful. You know, you never know when you just pick up a, a nice little scone and you don't know if your teeth are just going to shatter <laughs> because they're all dead. I just don't understand. I don't know. I don't, I, teeth are own. And obviously this was just thousands of years ago so this right. is probably like 1000 bc maybe china like this kind of trends were going up towards like those eras um so a big one that they used was the mung bean mask mm-hmm. so mung bean mask so they would crash it in uh crash it they would mash it into a paste <laughs> I'm like so They're sorry. Practically the same thing. We're crashing and we're mashing and we're making it into a paste. Um, I don't know why I had to get all weird, but uh, <laughs> you were giving me like <laughs> golem vibes, I, uh, or I guess that's Smeagol, the Smeagol vibes. I, I am a golem. Do I love mash them, stick them in a stew? <laughs> Let's tell you this, precious. <laughs> I'm not a good golem. Not even. I wasn't even gonna pretend. That I that think was a good it was. One. It was good. It was good. Oh, sorry, Andy Sidarkis. I'm the best. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So the mung bean mask, they would mash it into a paste and obviously applied as you would a mask, but it helped with um, healing acne, puffy skin, and it would help soothe the skin. Mm. Uh, They were also big into goji berries. This is more in Tibet, like in that Tibetan area. Mm -hmm. Um, And they would drink it, eat it, as well as rubbed it on the face, and it promotes a healthy glowing skin and anti-aging benefits. 
And it's funny because you actually hear about the goji berry and they act like it's a secret and like it's never been a secret. It's just brought to the Western cultures. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Educate yourself. <laughs> Literally, you have a computer. It's not that hard to do. We're also like the youngest place ever. Yeah, we are. We're babies. But, um, and then, of course, a big practice in health and wellness for uh, China that is still a huge practice today in a lot of other Asian countries as well is tea cleansing. Tea! So this is where your... Um, where you get those beautiful tea ceremonies and, you know, the proper way of pouring the tea and what tea to use and brewing the tea and why it's so important. And it was because it was used medicinally. They figured, like, all this tea could be used to help out in so many different ways that the, it became, like, a big cultural staple. And it just became a thing where everybody would gather around and have tea cleansing parties and things like that. So I just thought that that was really interesting that, you know, a way of being, it's like the spa, but just getting a drink, like our coffee shops now. That's all it was. Just like, but we're getting healthy. Drink, drink, drink. What's it like? I know, right? I'm over here like, checking my 15th diet of pepper. Not really. No, not really. I have stopped thinking. <laughs> I mean, I'd be drinking some hella coffee, but other than that, I do like tea as well, though. Oh, yes. I'm a huge tea drinker. I love me some tea. Um, so that was really, I thought, kind of interesting. I would love to just, like, experience a tea ceremony Oh yes. at some point. Oh, for sure. My life. I just, I think that's the, that's the part that jazzed me up the most about research. It wasn't just, like finding out the history and figuring this out because it's fascinating to see how people lived back then and what those trends were. But it really is just like the culture is just beautiful. Yeah. And see, I'm, I'm just trying to understand it in a way where I can appreciate it. Well, and, you know, you already said this was like thousands of years ago and a lot of traditions and trends and practices we still see today. And it's just crazy to think about what life will be in another well, right. 100 years because we're probably not going to make it that much longer. Right, but, right, right. Yeah. But, like, it really is, and especially honoring those traditions and yeah. being humbled on their such great beginnings and to see where it is, I just think that would just be a phenomenal thing to do. Um, so now we're going to tippy-toe into India. Here we are. Tippy-tippy-toe. Hi, India. Um, so this one, we just have a couple of big things. Um, again, they used henna, they used the coal, lots of other, uh, like they did the tea. So there is that blend still kind of, like I said, blending of the cultures and kind of the trades. Um, but they actually used a lot of turmeric. So it's actually applied before weddings. It's used as an antiseptic and can heal and repair skin, making it glow. Um, it is still used with rose water or milk. I love rose so I'm, I'm wondering if they kind of make like a little bath out of it or yeah. a little wash. So it's really, I thought that was really interesting that turmeric has been such a staple because I just think it's delicious. <laughs> it's delicious and useful. And useful. That's the best kind of food. Delicious, useful, call it away. But you don't feel that way about eggs and honey. <laughs> Like, honey. So I just had to call you on your bullshit, Melina. You should. You oh, should. Just because also, turmeric's a spice. <laughs> I'm not just like going to go, you know, it sounds good. Eating this entire container. I know. Right. I know. I just, Let me just put this turmeric. Just doing in my you a tea. joke. <laughs> let me put. Just put it in the bath. Let me, let me put half of a. 
half an ounce of this in my tea. That'll really taste delicious. You, it's I, it's a one use thing. <laughs> the whole jar. Yeah. yeah. I'm just stained yellow <laughs> from coughing. It's like cinnamon. I just start coughing it everywhere. It's fine. It's fine. Um, another spice that they used, which is a popular one that I'm sure everybody's going to associate with them as well, is saffron. Uh, it was used in masks and oils. Uh, it's used not only because of the color uh, that it can give off, but also because of the fragrance it gives off as well. It's very aromatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like I said, they made dyes with it. They used it in perfumes and in medicine. So it was kind of like the end-all be-all. And saffron was yeah. a big one. So not only, another one of those lovely cooking areas where I'm like, delicious, but very. also great. But yeah, so I thought that was really interesting that because I knew they used it in dyes and spices, but I was like, oh, and in oils and perfumes yeah. and everything like that. But I mean, like, get it. I'm not mad. So now we're going to skip way ahead. <sighs> Thanks for bearing with me on this one. Um, we're now going to touch base on the Renaissance and actually get into some trends instead of kind of like where the beginning of everything kind of started along with trends. So Renaissance was a weird one. Um, funny enough, it was the last time Saturn and Jupiter were conjuncted <laughs> in Aquarius. It's with Aquarius, too. It's great. Um, it's great. Anyway, so the Renaissance... Uh, the new age of Renaissance here. This is, seriously, let's bring it on. Um, so major things, and I, I don't know why they all thought this, and this is going to be a common one throughout the next few decades, but pale skin was the tits, apparently. I think um, it's the tits. I mean, I am pale, but like it's, it's only because my tits are pale. That is, yeah, they're they're very pale. <laughs> I don't, I didn't see any sunlight, so it's fine. Um, but they use powders with lead in them, um, mercury and vermilion, um, and they used it on their lips as well. That sounds dangerous. Yeah, you. This is why a lead. Lot, <laughs> the end they died like you're gonna know the black here's here's the lovely trend that you're gonna see we use terrible shit in our makeup for the longest time we still kind of do here and there we probably still fucking do but at least it's not lead or mercury mercury (laughs) but it looks cool (laughs) right right so i thought i was like oh cool um another thing that they liked to do was they thought a very large forehead was a thing. Like Man, I would have, dude, I would have been royalty with my fucking eight head. And I would have been ancient Greek. All the curves white. Well, I mean, I got the curves too. Yeah, yeah. No, I I also got the nose. Maybe and that I, will go for me. I got the chubs. Chips. <laughs> got the chubs. I mean, I don't have a chub. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a thick gal. And that was, that was also the tits. Yeah, yeah. I just have... It was a sign of wealth, I think. Yeah. I just have a short torso. That's all I got going for me. I look like some statues. And I'm like, oh, that's fun. Look at that. She's got some saddlebags on there. I have. <laughs> that's me. I'm going on a trip. <laughs> they call me the pack horse for a reason. I've never heard you call that before. Well, you haven't been on a lot of hiking trips with me. Oh, okay. Yet. We can <laughs> give each other payback rides, bro. <gasps> Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Back on track. Um... <laughs> So anyway, high and wide foreheads were the tits, um, and what they would do is they would actually tweeze their hairline to make their hair, tweeze their hairline 
to make it go farther back to appear that they had a larger, higher, wider forehead. Um, and they would also need light brows, so basically non-existent brows, or they would pluck their, or I'm sorry, tweeze their brows as well into non-existence, and they would cut their eyelashes or keep them short. So I don't know why, but surprise. Um, so Renaissance kind of blends into the next one, which is uh, around the same time, just kind of different areas of Europe. So now we're going to go towards the Elizabethan era. Well, during the Renaissance, too, I mean, you also are seeing, like, contour happen for the first time with, like, stage makeup and stuff before that is true. artificial lights, too. But, yes, that is true. Yeah. With Shakespeare, you also have, like, you know, or well, that kind of goes with the Elizabethan. Oh, there sorry. Too. No, no. They're kind of, like I said, it's the same-ish time, yeah. but, like, different spots, so it's hard to blend the time together. Yeah. I'm like, is it the 12th or the 15th? I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, those trends kind of blended in because the Shakespeare Company, it's true, they would put on these large productions at um, the Globe Theater and they would need to make sure, you know, the men looked like women <laughs> because women weren't allowed to act. <laughs> they only just acted like they liked men. Right. It's like, oh, okay, this is great. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> Still doing it. <laughs> okay, so an Elizabethan um, uh, era, on, or in England, I should say, they used cream makeups for their foundations, and they would use it with beeswax, honey, sesame seed oil, um, and that's how they would get that kind of cream foundation tone to it. Um, but they would also use white lead and vinegar uh which is highly toxic yeah those two together <laughs> so basically you had a science experiment on your face they actually just put bleach and vinegar in the same they actually just bottle dip their face and in they just <laughs> they just dip their face in acid does it look like i'm melting <laughs> does it look like i have eyeballs still <laughs> not good enough i want them out of my sockets i want it to look like i'm in a painting <laughs> and my face is melting oh just wait till you hear about like some of the eyes like Oh, my God. So, for rouge, they would use uh, red ochre that we talked about with Egypt, but they would also use um, madder and the conchie beetles. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, some popular recipes also included a vermilion, gum, arabic, egg white, and fig. Which I could see fig for the color and things like that. So a lot of it, the color was definitely still used from those natural elements. Again, they would just put it right on the apple of their cheeks because that was just where they wanted that color. They wanted the very pale, um, very pale like face. Even out in the, the wind. <laughs> Pretty much. And then the apples of their yeah. cheeks were red. Their lips would be a little red. Again, with the large forehead and very faint eyebrows. Um, but to me, the most disturbing thing, which I feel like we got a lot into in some of what Jordan's covering, too, with, like, the 30s and needing those beautiful big eyes for the screen. <laughs> Don't know what Elizabethans needed it for. But uh, they were all about bright eyes. So what they would do is that their bras were heavily tweezed, like I said, and then they would put belladonna in the eyes to make them spark sparkle. Belladonna is a poison. 
if you guys didn't know. It's a poisonous, like, plant. <laughs> so they would use these drops or whatever to make their eyes seem brighter but they're really and wider. Watering and watering. <laughs> but basically they were being eaten alive, <laughs> you know, slowly dying it. And then they would use the coal to line them. So they would use, like, an eyeliner to line them. Not only are your eyes going to be bloodshot from the poison, but we're going to accentuate that with the, with a raccoon eye. That would be oh, great. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're coming up close towards the end here because that was pretty much like the big thing. The 1700s was just like a little bit fainter of that. Still very like pale, very faint, very faint eyebrows and eyelashes and so on. So we're going to jump ahead to the Victorian era. So this was interesting because their face powder was starting to change into what we're seeing nowadays. Um, they would actually use cornstarch, um, powdered mel- uh, milk of magnesia, rice powder, French chalk, or Venetian talc. So a lot of things that you would hear in current current products, products. like the talc and the cornstarch and things like that because those are natural oil absorbers. Um, so they would adjust that all over. Um Interestingly enough, they wanted that pale look still. Um, in 1877, zinc oxide was introduced into it, which gave it that yes. light. Which, exactly, right? So they used it because it was a little bit lighter, but now we know, too, that it's a natural sunscreen. Yes, bitch. Go on. zinc is what... Okay, you know when you see those movies of the 50s and they have that white thing of sunscreen on their nose? Or that zinc. one... Like, I can think of that picture of fucking Angelina Jolie that people are like, oh my god, it's like it's literally the flashback of yeah, the fucking zinc and the powder. Yeah, it's literally just yeah. zinc. Just white is straight zinc, which is great because that means you're getting the best coverage you can mm-hmm. protection from the sun. But I just thought that was really interesting that like it's been over a hundred and what fifty years now almost? Forty years? No hundred and fifty. Yeah, about hundred and fifty ish years, give or take, that we've had this. So it's just like, what? That's cool. I love it. Like yeah, it'll be 150 2027. 20, Weird. <sighs> Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, so for eyes, they didn't do a lot with shadows then. Um, shadow kind of gets in a little bit later, and we'll talk into that. So they wanted it very nice, um, natural-ish, but they did dark lashes and dark brows, often dyed or colored them with charcoal um, or elderberry juice, Indian ink, um, and uh, or burnt clove. Ooh, interesting. I know. I always forget clothes. But that like, smells oh, yeah. good. Oh, my God. I bet you would just like be like, I smell amazing. I smell like Christmas walking in here. <laughs> What's that? It smells like Christmas. It's just my brows. It's my brows. <laughs> it's my brows. Do you want to get a closer sniff? So I thought that was fun. Um, but uh, they would, it could be used as an eyeliner by adding castor oil, too. So sometimes they, they would do their lashes and then just do like a little bit of it right by their lash line and put castor oil. Mm. Um, so not too dark, but a little bit of oomph. Um, brows were tweezed and lashes were trimmed. Short lashes. I don't know why. You I would have been lashes. great. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, it's great. Um, so for lips, they did. Besides the brows. But. So for lips and rouge, they did the Kochi beetle or Kochi beetle. I'm telling you. The I, coconut beetle. I 
fucking hate that I can't figure out that word. You had it come um, up this many times and you couldn't look it up, Melina. Oh, I was busy writing. I'm sorry, I was writing all of it down instead. Um, but uh, they mixed um, that insect with uh, animal fat, cocoa butter, and wax. Um, they also used beetroot for color and mixed it with water and soaked <laughs> it in gauze. I'm sorry, I just am thinking of the office. Beetroot. And the, the, the beets and what ha- like, yeah. Everything. Well, the fun- They go on, like, a... <laughs> she goes on, like, a beet, beet cleanse because like, she's trying to get pregnant and then, like, her whole mouth is just, like, red. Yeah, like. it's, like, the worst ever. But it cracks me up because, like, the things that they figured out just blow my mind. So if they took this beetroot and they mixed and they, they boiled, they got the color, and um, they soaked gauze in it, and let the gauze dry. They could dust the co- the the gauze with the color on, all over their face, and basically use the gauze as an applicator. And that's how they would apply some of their rouge. Interesting. And some love colors. And like you know, for if you wanted to add a shine to it for that dewy it was the look, first beauty blender, beeswax. Yeah, seriously. But they would use beeswax to give that dewy, yeah, greasy kind of shine to it. So. This is bringing me to a close on this. Like I said, there's a lot to go through. I'm doing the best I can. You're doing great. So now you're in the Edwardian era, or for those who don't know, it is the 1910s. So this is just the turn of the century. So the 1800s was kind of like right before that turn, uh, and that's the Victorian to this one. And this was interesting because this is where we first see pancake makeup. Pancake. Which... Jordan will go into later on here, um, but it was the first Hollywood makeup because silent stars were starting to be happening with the silent films of like nineteen, like nineteen uh, fifties, uh, no nineteen fifteens. Uh, what is it? The Greatest Nation, I think, is what it's called. It's like an old, old film, and it's about like I mean, it is like one of the first-ish films, so it's really amazing. Um, so they would use that as the makeup to give them that glow and that sheen and everything like that um and then we go into mascara so mascara really became big and basically like started on what we kind of know for today um through uh i can't remember the guy's name because he doesn't matter to me but (laughs) it's maybelline his wife probably did it anyway well actually yeah probably but it's maybelline and it's it was named after his sister also his wife. I mean, his sister's. Well, you never know. <laughs> Sister wife, it could be that, too. Who knows? But, yeah. yeah it's so literally, it's, maybe she's born with him. Maybe it's Maybelline. So it's maybe probably it's Maybelline. Who is Who? it? It's the woman. Um, it's Maybelline. But Maybelline, yeah. So they kind of, uh, they got it with hot wax, and that's how they kind of started the process of that mascara to give you that classic mascara look and feel that we see. And, again, Jordan will go a little bit more into this. Um, but for eyeshadows... I thought it was really interesting because they were inspired by the Turkish women's techniques. And they would use henna as eyeshadow. But that's Mm. why we see a lot of those kind of darker bedroom eyes starting to pop up with those silent film stars going towards the 20s. Was because of these beautiful Turkish women and their beauty techniques. They just love them. So they just, yeah, I know. Now I see it. I'm like, well, son of a bitch. Yeah, I see it. I read that and I was like, what the fuck? Um... And then, I, I mean, this is kind of where it's a little bit here and there. I don't, I'm not sure how it really makes it. But this is also where we fe- see the first roll-up lipstick. 
So otherwise, you know, it was probably in a 10 or something like that or at home. But this was actually the first, that's where we first see the lipsticks that we're used to seeing today where you just roll it up and apply it. I thought that was insane. I love it. Like we've seen that for over 100 years. Well, there's like a lot of things that like... I would think about and I was like, well, let me see like when this was first made or when this was first made and like the amount of things that we had before the twenties, I was like, what? Blows your mind. Yeah. It really does. And it's fun fact about the pancake makeup too. It was made by Max Factor. Max Factor. Max Factor. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, Mac? (laughs) Like I first second thought Mac and it was like, oh, but it was Max Factor. And, I mean, Mac is pretty cakey. Yeah. Well, I, like, I just heard that, yeah. and I was just like, that was where my brain went with yeah. it. Um, but, yeah, that is also where we see our first powder blush, really, because a lot of the blushes to apply was with the creams and things like that, or pastes, stains in that way. So it's really interesting that this is where we see, like, the starting of our first compacts, kind of like, yeah, this is my powder blush. I mean... In the 1910s, it was more of those, I'm sure that you've seen them, I don't know if you're, you're my age, you might have seen them, like your grandparents had those like beautiful silver sets that looked like they were from the 50s, but they also could be older. Yeah. And that, and you remember the big powder puff that they had in the bathroom for things. Again, this might be just like our generation. Um, But I remember my grandma had one of those, but that's exactly what it was. It was basically like this giant thing. This is your powder. This is what you use it for. Call it a win. Ooh, there it so is. So it's crazy. So that's my, that's a brief, 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 brief history. Very brief. I, I did the best I could. You I did wonderful. I didn't want you guys to feel like you were like, oh my God, get on with it. We've heard the, about the Mayans the Beatles. enough. The Beatles enough. Is his name George? No. I don't <laughs> want him. Ringo? No. Okay. So I would love to start, but... I think we're going to have to pause because I've had way too much water and I have to pee and that's all I can think about. <laughs> it's okay. I Like I said, I knew this one was probably going to be a very long episode because of everything. Yeah, mine's pretty beefy. I mean, that's just that's just what yeah. we got. I mean, it's a lot, but I'm, I I find this interesting. I hope you well, guys are finding this interesting. But, yeah, and yeah. it's funny because you're like, she's going to dig into that a little bit deeper and it's like I might touch on it a bit, but there's so much. Oh, there is. And yeah. so when... And I don't know what she has planned. I wanted to keep it a surprise, yes. as you can hear. She didn't know what I had planned. So we wanted to yeah. really drop the knowledge bombs on each other. Yeah, so I'm going to close my computer while I go to the bathroom. All right. That sounds good. Did you have a good time? <sighs> it was great. It was feel real. better? I feel much better. It was loaded at work, so like I got to drink way more water than I usually do. So thanks for your patience there. Yeah. A little bit of break. Yeah. It's going to be like a blow for you guys. You guys aren't going to yeah. do anything. Your patience isn't wanted. <laughs> Thank you for not waiting. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. All, All right, right, Jordan, bring Let's us get on home it. in this okay, 20th so century and beyond. Here we are. Okay, everyone can picture in their brain what 1920s beauty trends are. We had Flabber Girls with Finger Waves, think Renee Zellweger in Chicago. The oh, 1920s was a pivotal point for women's fashion as well as women in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Prior to the 1920s, anything more than pinching your cheeks to create a touch of ruse was considered to be inappropriate if you weren't an act- actress or prostitute or both. rich. Oh, like that too. Or both. <laughs> um, you had no business dolling yourself up pretty much if you 
or just, you know, a mom. Mm -hmm. um, a combination of single women trying to attract the outnumbered men after World War One, and women entering the workforce added to the growing popularity of cosmetics. As the silver screen got popular and more women wanting to recreate the looks they saw in the movies, um, and so was born the commercial cosmetic industry. So thanks for my addiction, yep. 20s. Yeah. Piece of shit. Um, and then I have a little uh, excerpt or yeah. from uh, Vogue. I thought I wrote the year down, but I don't have the year, but it was in the, it was in the 20s. Okay, makeup sure. for the evening. <laughs> Yeah. Tell Make up the for the evening. Way. Since all colors change under the lights and one's whole mood and is supposed to be more joyous, makeup for the evening may be more vivid than than is permissible by day. As a rule, the same lipstick will be found quite all right, or one may choose a shade brighter if a restrained effect has been created by day. Writing, like, I was reading some more and I was like, I can't read the way this shit is written. This one's not bad, though. Eyebrow pencil and even a clever bit of eyeshadow may be brought into play at night. Even Though a those, clever bit of eyeshadow can yeah. be played at night. <laughs> Though those who are not quite dark generally look better with brown eyeshadow rather than with black. This, however, is not a variable rule. If in doubt, experiment. So what I love most about the 1920s makeup trends is nowadays the first tip people have for makeup beginners is to focus on one thing, eyes or lips, what have you. 1920s makeup trends were focused on making a statement. Yeah, you had matter. dark eye makeup, which was a tribute to Egyptian arts. Um, the discovery of Tutankhamun's tomb by Howard Carter in 1920-20 had a huge influence on art, architect, fashion, and films, and jewelry. And came um, in the coal eyeliner. Yep, and the heavy coal-rimmed eyes of mm -hmm. Egyptian art helped inspire the wearing of dark eyeliner. Also the films, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, where was I? Sorry. No, you're fine. So we have the drawn-on brow and that bright rouge that is probably also a lipstick being used to its max potential. Oh, 100%. They were all about that. Yeah. All about it. Um, at the turn of the century, we also had the Harlem Renaissance. Thousands of African Americans migrated from the south to the north, and Harlem was the main destination. I mean, that's how jazz and blues got up there. Yep. Lasting like, roughly from... Ella, anybody? Yeah. Sorry. That no, you're fine. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you're fine. Oh, I love um, the 20s. They're great. I know. Art Deco. Yeah. Ugh. Lasting roughly from the 1910s to the mid-30s, uh, the period is considered a golden age in African-American culture, manifesting in literature, music, stage performance, and art. Um, you see cultural appropriation hit the mainstream. Mm -hmm. um, like you mm -hmm. saw finger waves in black culture long before the 20s as black people were pressured to tame their natural curls, which up until the 60s and even today was the norm. Um, we're literally still fighting yeah, stereotypes of professional hair, hair policies in the workplace. Basically, if, it was, if it's not relaxed, it's not professional. It's yeah. like, mm, hair is hair. Eat a dick. Eat a dick. <laughs> um, we also see the birth of the hot comb in the 20s, um, a product that is still used today. Mm -hmm. But you mostly see, like, hot press and flat irons. But it pretty much was just, like, a comb that was heated and you run it through your hair I remember to straighten it. I salon and they actually had, like, a heating like, I used. A, a heating I literally coil. used one in school. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to a salon and that. That's what they used. They literally had just a comb on a hot plate, yep. basically, and they just, like, it was metal, and I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, and so that's still used today. I mean, um, 
during World War One, uh, we saw women and black women joining the workforce, and thus black women were able to buy clothes that were um, exclusively worn by white women prior. The fashion for black women depended on both uh, geographic location as well as uh, socioeconomic status. The clothing of the time featured ruffles, full sleeves, long feather style skirts, brimmed hats, and formal collars, primarily for women in the South. Mm-hmm. The formal collars up. Mostly saving your best clothes for stepping out or going to church, hence the phrase, your Sunday best. Um, as we go into the 1930s, hitting the Great Depression, black people were the last hired and first fired. Big surprise. Yep. Oh, and wait. <laughs> this is America. This is America. Um, and makeup for everyone <laughs> came to a halt as it was not necessary when most of America relied on soup kitchens to eat. Uh, however, cake mascara was born in the 30s and lashes became a huge focus. Um, you also, of course, have your depression lipstick. Um, I hear depression lipstick and I think bare minimum multi-use products. If you had to choose one product, it was the lipstick in the 30s. Well, yeah, you have your lips, you have your cheeks, you can use your eyes. Yep. Done. Um, if you're if you were fortunate to have money during the pres- depression, it was considered poor taste to be flashy, like we saw in the twenties. The transition from the twenties to thirties reminds me of the jump from the eighties to the nineties. You see those bold, bright mm-hmm. turning into soft, neutral, natural. Oh my god, the worst thing! All everybody, the brown. Everybody, just be a pile of beige. Yeah, all I the ch- brown. I literally have all the brown in all caps. <laughs> I'm like, I could you not sidebar on this? I went to a nineties party and I was like, all right, I'll do my makeup nineties too, and I. Looked at myself and I was like, why does it look like I'm dying? <laughs> like, I tried to find the best brown lipstick for me. Terrible. Tried to just do brown I feel eyes. Like today terrible. They have tried like to do a brown good variation blush. of brown. Yeah. Like the, oh my God. I was just like, I look oh, like, it just, it did not work, especially because I already got under eyes, like bags, like they're ready to go on it. Like, well, I you have brown flight. eyes, like you have really bright brown eyes. Like, they're like a weird yeah. brownie, hazily brown. I don't know. They're a weird color, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, was, so. it was fun. I'm like, oh, I look like Mark. I love it, though. It's, it's so great. But go ahead. <laughs> okay, so at the end of the 30s, we see white and black women re-entering the workforce going into World War II. Clothing of the time featured shorter skirts, more f- professional attire, bandanas, and uh, lighter colors. During this World War era, black women were employed at higher rates than in eras prior and after. Um, this status of employment affected their style. Black women were mostly seen in work uniforms and casual clothing during the week. Um, and really, you just picture Rosie the Riveture. I mean, Riveture? it's like one of the we most... We can do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's probably the, one of yeah. the most iconic symbols. I When I think 40s, I think of her and Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> I can't help myself. Yeah. Like, she's just statuesque. And she was like, this is what, like, high society would look like if... If Rosie the Riveter was high society, it would be Catherine Hepburn because she was still, like, you know, a tomboy at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, you had... I fucking love her. We'll get into it. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, if the 20s birthed commercial cosmetics, the 40s birthed the fashion industry as we know it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Christian Dior was one of the most influential designers thanks to his groundbreaking new silhouette, which redefined women's post-war style and revived France's fashion industry after a difficult few years. The collection featuring gorgeous full skirts and waist Sinchin Jackets was Dior's first and became forever known as the new look. After Harper's edition, uh, Carmel Snow said in 1947, 
It's such a new look. Imagine if every designer could knock together something like this on their debut. Um, we still see these trends today. Oh, I mean, they... they yeah. The thing about the 40s, I feel like, more so than any... 40s of the earlier decades, I should say, before, like, the big, big revolutions that we've had, is the decade that, no matter what, those styles have never gone out. Never. Never. I've yeah. seen it happen every single decade I've been alive. Like, the yeah. 40s is always somewhere. Yep. Um... Okay, we still see these trends today. Due to rationing with World War II, which you kind of touched on, uh, going on, we started to see s skirts go up a bit. So, like, right below the knee, short sleeves. Everything was more casual and less fussy, less mm -hmm. patterns, less mm -hmm. embroidery. Everything had kind of a military feel. Like, you had those skirt suits that buttoned from the top to the bottom, squared off shoulders, and... My God, I love how accentuating the waist become the norm in the 40s. Like... It's without that, I would honestly <laughs> seriously, if I didn't have clothes like that, styled like that with that waist cinch, yeah. I'm not even shitting you because of how I am built, right? Because I am all leg and such a short torso, you I would literally, literally I would look glass. like a snowman yeah. otherwise. I would look, wear a giant bubble and have like stiff arms <laughs> and legs out, I would look like a really bad stick drawing. <laughs> and, it, it, and it's like, it's not to be mean or to like hate on myself, it's just legitimately yeah. i don't have a large body well, when you body. think back to the 20s and like the flapper girls they had they didn't really have that well they contoured no theirs was yeah. all about the straight slim yep. narrow thing the 30s you got a little bit more of that but not it was more waif like and yeah. the 40s it was like thank you you understand that my body is curvy <laughs> jesus oh sorry I no have, you're fine i'll get off my high horse go ahead i love your high horse okay when it comes to women who defined 40s fashion, leading actresses of Hollywood, Hollywood's golden era were it. Uh, we're talking, of course, of the likes of Ava Gardner, Bette Davis, Rita, Rita Hayworth, <laughs> Grace Kelly, Ingrid Bergman, Catherine Hepburn, and Doris Day. Elizabeth Taylor. Um, no, 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 no. That's I actually touch, 10 years later. Yeah, yeah I yeah. touch on her later. She's fab. Sorry. Uh, I, got your friend? I got excited. I love um, my own Hollywood I ladies. love... The hair of the 40s mm. like you have big curls um and this is like right before the 50s um but i think back to hair school and doing pin curls which um is what was done before curlers came into the scene in the 60s so like when you think of like the rollers that grandma's had those weren't a thing you literally used your finger so when your hair is wet you put a sculpting gel and create a curl with your fingers and pin it in place um, once it's set, you take it out and you get those beautiful curls that almost look melted together in uniform waves. Um, going into the 50s, though, we see the first hand dryer, which is really funny because um, it didn't work well because, you know, it was it's the first. The 50s. <laughs> um, but it was better than using the hose on the vacuum, which was common prior to it coming so I don't know I thought that was like a really fun no, fact because I was like interesting. <laughs> like who? I had no idea I had no idea it's like when my mom tells me yeah I used to iron my hair I'm like what do you mean yeah. iron and it's like legitimately iron yeah it was the 70s what do you expect I'm like what are you talking about <laughs> so sorry oh no you're fine but it's just one of those weird things that you're just like holy shit I know I just like so that, let me just vacuum so <laughs> a blow dryer came after a vacuum <laughs> 
I don't know why that's so funny to me. I love it. I, I feel like the vacuum would be like 300%. But it's like, you want to make sure, I mean, I'm sure the vacuum didn't work well too, but I'm like, you have to make sure that hose is like. <laughs> yeah, so you're not sucking your hair yeah. in there. I can only imagine with like the old power. That would be painful. That would like rip out hair. Uh, no. Well, I mean, what I, so this, what I read about the hand dryer is that because of the lack of power, it was Oh, I was thinking the vacuum. Oh. I was like trying to vacuum dry your hair. Yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. I'm just like, it would just like, I'm, I'm, I don't know. This is going to keep me up today. I want to watch a video where, let's watch Oli movies. Elena is awake at 1 a.m. trying to figure out how to use a vacuum and a dryer. Maybe they have like a blow option. Is it a leaf blower? Is it a backwards option? Is that how you get everything out of the vacuum? Like, what's happening? I don't know. It's fine. Okay, continue um, on. Okay, so I would say the 50s is probably the most reproduced style today. Mm-hmm. You have your pinup girls or rockabillies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, it's a more refined version of the 40s style. Um, it's so, a little bit more like squeaky. Yeah. Because you didn't have the war that you had to worry about. So yep. everything got. Yeah, so I just feel like it's just kind of a little bit more refined. Overly polished. Yeah. Um, we had cat-rimmed glasses, tight Love waist, them. flowy skirts, oh. saddle shoes, pantsuits. All about um, the pantsuits. And the hair, of course, was like it. Pin curls evolved. Um, like, let's set and dry, comb these out, and let's repin my curls five inches above my head. <laughs> well, not only that, but then let's, like loop and yeah. have like a loopy as your bangs yeah like that's the part and where it's I was like, like i can barely find time to blow dry my hair now <laughs> so i would have yeah i, I would have been the worst girl in the 50s because let me tell you when i, I guess say I, probably, I can't I do hair i use a straightener and that's all i'm really qualified for i tried to I use like a curler to think that regardless of what era i would was born in i would not just be a wife um, oh, no, I would have been I, burned at stake. Yeah, I definitely probably would have. I got a mouth on I'm me. Like, I probably wouldn't be as busy. Maybe I would have more time to do my hair, but... Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, yeah. it all depends on how you were. It's circumstantial. Yeah. This, that's another soci... You know, sociology. Yeah. <laughs> that we can get into. <laughs> um, okay, but yeah, we can definitely all picture the hair and makeup of the 50s. That bold red lip. Hello, winged eye liner. Mm-hmm. And the hair speaks for itself. Um, even though I just spoke of it. We'll speak again. Yeah. And we'll keep speaking. <laughs> this um, is our podcast, damn it. Okay, now I'm going to go into 50s and 60s. Kind of that blend. Uh, black culture. Ooh, yes. Okay, so the 50s and 60s saw attempts to appease the American public in terms of racial inequality with legisla- legislation passed to create only surface-level equality. Systematic discrimination persisted and still Persist. Oh, hey, um, it's 2021, and what do you know? Yeah. Uh, but many saw through the facade, such as Muhammad Ali and the Communist Black Panther Party, which was comprised of many women, including um, Angela Davis and Barbara Esley Cox. Right? Esley Cox? Esley? I don't know. Um, in response to the legislation and attempts within the black community to create um, initiatives, there was a surge of KKK activity during the 60s as well. Um, Big surprise, as we all know. Yeah. It's great. (laughs) Um, We're just super fucking thrilled about it. We're super fucking thrilled about it. Um, If only we could set fire to them. God, I would be down for that. Like, I'm not one for, you know, 
can mean heinous acts. And even still, it's like... <laughs> I, don't, I don't really think it matters if they're pieces of shit like that. What? Do they really like, count? How does it affect your life? At all. At all. Creating another human being like a fucking human being. Oh, God, okay. Yeah, um, again, we can anyway. obviously go down these rabbit holes. Uh, clothing, clothing of that time period was marked by a concentrated effort by many black Americans do, to reclaim a variety of African prints and styles. Uh, mm-hmm. Black Americans mm-hmm. were starting to resist white supremacy with more visibility as seen through their um, reclamation of African dress. Sorry, I skipped a line. I mean, everything. Their yeah. music was changing about it. And, I mean, like, change gonna come by Sam Cooke alone yeah. right and there. You, you just find, you know, after, and even still, like, through the years of constantly being torn down and people telling you that you're not as good and deciding to choose, no, I'm proud of my background. And so much strength. So that you kind of see that starting to happen. So um, much strength. The but the Black Panthers saw this effort as commercialism and commercialization, and instead opted to create their own style, uh, characterized by all black clothing and black berets. Mm-hmm. In contrast, this era is also marked by pastels, faux pearls, and stripes. Black women and activists and urban circles started to wear their hair in short natural afros as a visible rejection of Eurocentric beauty standards. And among them, Mary O'Neill was one of the first to start this trend. Uh, For many others, uh, the use of hot combs became common to straighten hair and head wraps also came back into style. So you kind of, like I said, you kind of are starting to see them taking back mm-hmm. their blackness well, and their, their culture and you know and also i feel like between like with the black panthers you know them not wanting to do that because they see it as a way for people to make money off them which you still see today all the time today ariana grande urban outfitters <laughs> i was like we can go <laughs> on my computer just died god damn it i was like we can all get in that for sure for sure. Uh, no, it's it's utter bullshit, and I will never 100% understand how it's gotten, like, how, I, I just, maybe it's because I was thankful, and um, uh, I was, I was raised by people in the area I was raised in a good way. Yeah. Where it really was very, like, no, open your eyes and do this, but, like, again, I got fucking lucky, but all of it's bullshit just such just like i just don't understand because to me they're my the most beautiful hairstyle in the world to me is a natural fucking afro yeah like i see them and my my jaw just drops because i'm like it's just gorgeous like every single time i see it i just i love it it's just gorgeous and i'm just like you're fabulous you're beautiful like fuck i would kill to have yeah. any kind of volume or have that beautiful hair, but I'm just like, I know struggle. I'm not going to say anything, but I love your hair and move on with my life because like that's all that needs. Yeah. It's beautiful, and I want to make sure they know. Like I'm supporting you because honestly, if I I'm could, I would, but I can't. And I, yeah. my hair is it's not just naturally sad to that me way. That, you know, we're talking about the '60s, which was 50, 60 years ago. Yeah, and 
it's still something that like we're still talking, we're talking about. about it, and you know, people want to act like this isn't this they, is new. It's not fucking new. No, they like, they were like, oh, segregation's gone, then everything's fine. No, newsflash. Like, okay, we got rid of segregation, but we're still going to sweep a bunch of bullshit underneath the rugs. We're still going to systematically, you know, redline you. We're going to still profile you. We're still going to make you make it harder for you to obtain anything. And we're also going to introduce drugs in your neighborhood. Yeah. Reagan. Reagan. And, you know, I can go to work with <laughs> my hair completely natural and almost on the verge and of dreads. I swear to God, I see shittier white people hair than I have ever seen, ever seen, of any of my coworkers who do not have that t- that white girl hair. Like, and that is a fact. I have seen the nasty top bun that looks like they slept in it for three days. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? But I'm like, I work in an office setting. So when we were actually in the office, I was like, do you honestly think that looks good? I do. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not like I straighten yeah. my hair every day. I let my natural waves go. Like, I didn't, I'm not overly saying, oh, like, you no. need to be perfect. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I at least look put together. Because if the president of the company walks by, and I work for a company small I, small enough yeah. that I could that could very well fucking happen, I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, I just didn't feel like doing my hair and makeup today. Like, you don't have to be, like, fucking Instagram worthy. Just look like a decent human being. Yeah, and I feel like even there's... However, that works for you. Like, I mean, Alicia Keys, for one, is amazing. But I'm like, there's a way that you can look put together without having a full face of makeup and all this shit. No. But I feel like it's very obvious when you don't put in the time into how you look. Exactly, because, like, me working from home is going to be completely different from me going into an office setting. Even if I decide to do a very light makeup and I just decide to do brows and mascara and leave it at that, I'm still going to look completely different than me at home in my PJs. And that's all that it needs to be. It needs to be your best professional self. And that's it. Your personal best. Not mine or my standards. Your personal standards on what you think professional is. And that's all it is. That is period. Yeah. Nothing else matters. Nothing I'm not going to wear, matters. like, a stained T-shirt to work. I sometimes do, but that's because I get stained at work. Uh, I mean, right now I'm wearing, like, an old out. shirt Robin gave me that's got, like, For some reason, shirt. my job thinks that everyone should wear white chef coats, and then I get them dirty easily. That doesn't make any sense. All right. Yeah. Is your computer back up? It's back up. Yay. Thanks for a sidebar there. Thanks for hanging with us. I know. Um, okay. So... Now, with the 60s came the age of supermodels. We have Twiggy's iconic photo shoot. Wasn't she like, I know she wasn't the first supermodel, but she was pretty much like the first She was pretty much, yeah. She was like the first fashion icon. Household name. First real supermodel. Yeah. Yes. Not like actress model. Yeah. Model model. Yeah. Um. Twiggy's iconic photo shoot propelled makeup into a creative outlet, experimenting with all types of colors, mostly pastels. Um, think eyeliner and cut creases, which of course is not the first time we've seen in history. Elizabeth Taylor's portrayal of Cleopatra in, Cleopatra in the 1963 historic drama that brought is terrible. Ancient Egypt's influence back on the scene. That movie. If you. <laughs> 
You don't have to see it. I rented it at a Blockbuster when it was only on VHS, and that bitch was two tapes, and I almost fell asleep through each tape, so no. <laughs> that is all I got to say about it. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> we also see those ever-so-popular pinup curls fading into big, straight, shoulder-like hair flipped out at the bottom. I love that look so much. Uh, one of my personal favorite gals of the 60s was Mary Tyler Moore, mm. and she rocked that look, and she was such... Like, that's the, the first time you saw a... A female lead in a show. Um, and A professional. And a professional. And she was single. Like, she wasn't a divorcee. She was she doing it on her mom. own. She wasn't out there looking for men all the time. So, like, I felt like, like, she's, for one, OG. it takes place in Minneapolis. But, like, mm. she, she, I feel like, was my, like, personally, my first person in history that I was like, yes, bitch. Um, and even still now, you don't see that very often on the TV. And like, when you do have those, like sex in the city, like when you think of sex in the city compared to the Mary, Mary Tyler Moore show, like sex in the city, almost like, yeah, she's a professional and she's a journalist, but like, she talks about sex and all this other stuff. And, and I mean, that's, it's that's great for the, like, yeah. the times because like, it was still a tabooish it, Yeah. Topic. And that is great. Um, but, the, but it's almost like dumbing down the, what, what, what we do. She, well, like, she was like an actual businesswoman. Yeah. She was wanting to be like a CEO or a top like, you know, contributor to the company. Not just like, I write really great editorials and I get paid really well for them. But this is what I love to do. It's like, no, she had a goal. She had a career path. And a time where like excel. she could do better at a job. When most people would tell her, oh, sweetie. You got a great ass. Just work it. You can just be at the front. Exactly. At the desk. But you're so pretty. Are you sure you want to work so hard? Yeah. Why don't you have a husband? Why doesn't a pretty lady like you have a husband and kids? Because I don't fucking want them. Because I decided that I can have standards. Because guess what? I'm happy by myself. <laughs> I don't need you. Me, Adam, and I keep on going back and forth with the whole kids thing. We're like, yeah, it'd be kind of fun, but... I really like my time. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking, yeah, don't do it, bro. That's, like, literally how we, we talk about it. We're like, if it happens, it happens. But we're always like, yeah, it'd be great, but, man. <laughs> we like just being able to go, we're going on a trip. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> no more kids for me. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, I keep interrupting no, you. No, 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 you're fine. Usually when I care about it because it's, like, actually written down that I'm like, oh, um, Jackie Kennedy was also very influential in the 60s fashion and stayed an icon well into the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, Even further, right? Yeah. I mean, Jack, Still. Lynch, you know, Jackie O, you think like. Pillbox hat. Yeah. Pink. I don't know why, but it's always yeah. pink and a pillbox hat. No other color. Well, and it's funny to me because like when you think 60s, your brain can go two different ways. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion... The 60s was the first era we had several groups of fashion. Yes. Uh, we did see this a bit in the 50s, but the 60s were almost polar opposites with trends. Um, and we'll be diving deeper into that in the next 50 years on a special bonus episode. Ooh. That we'll be posting on Monday, January 15th. Bye-bye. So stay tuned for that next one. And remember, life's a bitch, don't let it fuck you, and keep a rolling on. Yeah.